Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Do you ever get frustrated when you go on a date with a girl and you think the date goes pretty well, but then you try to text her again and she doesn't reply? Or you try to line up a second date and she never seems to be available? Or even worse, when you message her, she messages you back saying, hey, it was great to meet you, but I'd just like to be friends right now. Ooh. Well, thanks to some fantastic research by the only psychologist to ever win a Nobel Prize, there's a pretty awesome trick that you need to use on your dates from now on to radically change the way she feels about you when she goes home and thinks about how that date went. Want to find out what that is? Keep watching. The research that inspired this trick was actually run by none other than Daniel Kahneman who is to date the only psychologist to ever win a Nobel Prize for his work. Now, the paper that this research that he wrote after doing this research was titled When More Pain is Preferred to Less. Catchy and intriguing title, right? So what did he do in this experiment? Well, in this experiment, Kahneman took a group of participants and they were to go through three rounds in this experiment. In the first round, what he'd get them to do is put their hands into a bucket of cold water. Now, you're going to have to forgive me for some really bad animations, but here we go. He got them to put their hands into cold water for 60 seconds. And now this water was 14 degrees Celsius. And while their hands were in the water, he'd get the participants to rate how much pain they were experiencing on, on a number of pain scales. And basically, it was, it was assessed as being painful, but not excruciating. So they'd have their hands in there for 60 seconds, then they'd take their hands out and they could warm them up and await round two. So once their, their hands were nice and toasty again, Kahneman would then get them to place their hands again into another bucket of ice, um, 14 degree water, degrees Celsius, um, for 60 seconds, exactly the same amount of time. Then they'd take their hands out, but now what they'd do is they'd put their hands into another bucket of cold water, but this water was one degree warmer, so it was slightly warmer than the first bucket. And they'd put their hands in that bucket for another 30 seconds. Then they could take their hands out, warm them up, and await the third round. As the third round would roll around, what uh, Kahneman said was, look, you all now have a choice. For round three, you're going to need to repeat experiment one from round one or experiment two from round two. So to clarify, Kahneman was saying, would you like to put your hands in a bucket of 14 degree water for 60 seconds? Or... Would you like to put your hands in a bucket of 14 degree water for 60 seconds and then a bucket of 15 degree water for another 30 seconds? In other words, would you like to have 8 out of 10 pain for 60 seconds or 8 out of 10 pain for 60 seconds and then 7 out of 10 pain for another 30 seconds? So the question is, which, if you were in this experiment, which experiment would you want to repeat for the third round? Well, as a big surprise to everybody, almost 70%, in fact, I believe it was just over, I'd have to see the figures, but 70% of the participants elected to do the second experiment over again. Now, this result was a big surprise, but it was repeated in a number of experiments, and it led to what Kahneman coined the peak end rule. So what the peak end rule says, and what really Kahneman discovered in these series of experiments, was that when we assess how we feel about something about a person, about an activity, about an experience. What we actually do is we don't 
we don't do the logical thing, and that's think about how did we feel about this experience over time? What did I feel about this movie over the entirety of the movie? What did I feel about my experience catching up with John over the weekend for coffee? We don't think about our overall feelings. What we tend to do is we very heavily weight the very last thing we feel, the very last experience, the very last feeling, sensation that we have around that person or movie or you know experience, whatever it is, we think about the last thing, the most salient recent memory we have. That's what we weight really, really heavily. So how does this help us with first dates? Because you might be saying, well, this is very interesting, Damien. How are we going to use this? Well, you may have guessed, but let me talk about it. What most guys do and what I myself used to do in the early days of, of my dating career is they go on a date with a woman and what they do is um, they, they, the date starts out and it's really exciting when it starts, right? If you think about a dating, a time versus excitement curve, again, <laughs> forgive my terrible animation here, but what you've got is you've got a date starts off low, right? And then it gets exciting. Uh, oh, we're talking, we're talking, we're getting excited, we're talking, we're sort of learning about each other. And what most dates do is they, they peak at a certain point, right? They reach a peak amount of excitement for that particular date. And after that, things start to trail off and they start to trail off and they start to trail off as time goes on, as time goes on. Now, what men do, what we tend to do is we tend to try to make dates as long as possible. Like, even if they're becoming boring, what we try to do is extend them out because we have a, a belief in our minds that the longer she hangs around with us, the more she's going to like with us, the more chance we've got to build rapport. Um, I've read, um, you know, pickup artist papers where they talk about the fact that you need to spend enough time around a woman for her to want to sleep with you. So guys are trying to, you know, reach that, that time quota so that women are going to want to sleep with them. But there's lots of reasons why guys try to drag out these dates. There's also the hope that maybe they can turn them around. Maybe they can pull a rabbit out of a hat and suddenly make it all fantastic and exciting again. But the end result is that most dates go way, way beyond where they were at their peak and most exciting moment. And so what men need to do using the peak end rule, what they're doing is a date may have peaked at a 7 out of 10 excitement, but if a guy ends a date at 4 out of 10 excitement, and then that woman goes home, and you message her, the guy messages her and says, hey, want to catch up again? She goes, hmm, do I want to catch up with him again? What she remembers is 4 out of 10 excitement, not the 7 out of 10 peak. And so then she thinks, eh, no, I don't really like this guy enough, let's just be friends. So what you actually need to start to do is learn to end a date just after it reaches peak and it's starting to crash. So just around that 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10, that's when you want to end it. When it's reached its peak, shut it off, go home, and then you've got a much better chance of lining up a second date. You won't make that mistake of dragging it out and lowering that peak end rule of how she remembers you in that date. That's the trick. So what I tend to do, and this is what a lot of guys really need to do, when you're planning out a date, right, and you're thinking about where do I want to go on a date, how am I going to structure this? You really need to work on structuring your date because you should plan a date beforehand. You should never just randomly go, oh, let's grab coffee and that's it. Think about what you want to do and where you're going to end it. Because you want to structure a date so that it can peak at the end, right? Where you plan it to end and you can end it there. Now, not every date will go to plan, but if you've planned a date to, to, to be structured in such a way that it ends on a high note and then you, you, you end it and go home, that's going to give you a way, way higher chance of her wanting to see you again and get you many more second dates. So I'll, I'll give you an advanced version of how I used to use this because uh, guys are often interested to know the kind of dates I would go on. So what I would actually do is my dates I would structure so that I would start at a cafe 
And if the date, like if it was a interesting date, like if, if it was dying and they asked straight away, I wouldn't want to see her again anyway, so it wouldn't continue on. But if we were having fun, I'd go, I'd say to her, you know what? There's a really awesome cocktail bar just down the road. Let's grab a sneaky cocktail quickly. So we'd go from there to the cocktail bar, quieter, more intimate environment that's more exciting, that allows more interesting conversation, right? Because you can have more sexual, intimate conversations in a cocktail bar than you can in a busy cafe. So they'd move there and then we'd have our cocktail. And if that's going well, I'd say, you know what? Let's go for a walk around the, the opera house. So we'd go, the Sydney Opera House. So we'd go for a walk down by the water, along the side of the water, and we'd reach the end of the corner of the opera house, which is usually pretty quiet in 8 p.m., 9 p.m. at night. And there what I'd do is I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> I'd start walking back towards where we came from. And what I'd do is just as we reach the end of the walk where it starts to become a little bit busy again, I'll stop for a bit, look at the view, and I'll make out with her. And I'll make out with her there for two reasons. One, I want to end the date on a high. But two, I don't want to end the date on a high where we still have a long walk to get back to where the date started so we can go our separate ways and go back to our cars. What I want to do is end the date on that make out. So I'll kiss her in that moment and I won't kiss her for long. I'll just kiss her for a little bit, make out for a bit, and I'll stop and I'll say, wow, that was fun. I really want to catch up with you again. I've got to go, but let's catch up again soon. And we'll leave. So I'm, I'm ending right on that high sexually charged moment. So when I then message her and say, hey, let's catch up again. How about we do movie night at my place? She thinks, do I like this guy enough for movie night? And she thinks, what's my last recent memory of him? And she thinks, hmm, I was feeling really turned on. I was really excited. My heart was pumping. Yes, I definitely want to have movie night at his place. And so, yeah, peak end rule is something that you should be using on your dates when you structure them. It's something you definitely need to remember. Don't let dates peter out and become boring. Or you're going to get consistently friend zoned and turned down for second subsequent dates. That's it, and thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care, and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.